Welcome to the Horror Babble Originals podcast. A Baker's Dozen at the Zetland Hotel by Ian Gordon Chapter 7 The Gambling Man Mark Patterson just wanted a sea view. Granted, he'd arrived a little later than he'd planned to that late December evening, but he'd be sure to make the most of his two-night stay on the morrow. The hotelier, a strange chap, Mark observed, had checked him into Room 7, a fabulous suite on the first floor, directly above Room 1, from the window of which one was afforded a splendid view of the North Sea. Even after dark, the ocean was visible, the hidden moon casting light across the murky waves. So bright was the orb that evening, that Mark could discern a distinct horizon line, a clear divide between the waters below and the indigo sky above. Thank you, Mark said, turning to face the hotelier. If anything isn't to your liking, Mr. Patterson, the plain-faced man returned, only to be interrupted by his latest guest. I'll be sure to give you a shout, Mark said, grinning awkwardly. Very well, affirmed the hotelier, going on to offer once again a word of warning with regards to the guest staying in room 13. "'Who's the guest?' Mark asked shamelessly. "'I'm afraid I'm unable to divulge that information at the present time, sir.' "'Oh, I get it. VIP, eh? (laughs) Now I have to know who it is. Please, sir, heed my warning.' Mark frowned. "'Heed your warning?' Let's not get ahead of ourselves, Mr. Patterson. It's a simple matter. It would be better for all concerned if the guest in room 13 remained undisturbed. Then, as Mark readied himself for further inquiries, the hotelier added, To disturb the guest in question prematurely would be most unfortunate, sir. Mark frowned again, searching the hotelier's blank face for something to work with. A twitching lip, the blink of an eye, a facial tick of any kind. But all he found was an empty expression, devoid of motion. It was the poker face of the century. If only Mark had had access to this strange individual in Vegas the summer just gone, he might have walked away with a handful of dollars in his pocket, as opposed to a gaping hole. With nothing else to say to the oddball hotelier, He watched him leave, and listened to the man's footsteps as he shuffled off along the corridor. What was all that about? Mark pondered. When he was sure the poker-faced fellow had descended the stairs, Mark popped his head out of room seven, and gawped in the direction of room thirteen, just down the hall it was, at the top of the stairs. Suitably intrigued, he left his room and sauntered in the direction of the mysterious suite. Reaching the landing area, from which room 13 was accessed, he examined its colossal door. It was of a dark wood, like ebony, with numerous corrugations traversing its surface, but whereas the doors to the other rooms had traditional handles, 
This one was equipped with a sizable five-spoke affair, just like the kind typically attached to a bank vault. Mark put his ear against the ebon portal and listened, but all was silent on the other side. Perhaps the special guest was snoozing, taking a load off. The sound of heavy footsteps coming from the floor above startled Mark. Curious though he was, regarding the identity of the guest in room 13, he didn't want to be caught with his ear up against the door. He skulked back along the corridor towards his room, before the owner of the encroaching footsteps appeared on the landing. Driven by blind panic, as Mark closed the door to room 7, he immediately locked it. What it was that had brought about this sudden anxiety, he couldn't say, but it hovered above him like a grey mist. Somehow, he felt that there was something strange afoot at the Zetland Hotel. "'What's with that door?' he asked of the empty space about him, contemplating both its size and the weird handle affixed to it. Those heavy, resounding footsteps had troubled him too— Was he being ridiculous if he said that a subtle, dragging sound had accompanied those treads? Even so, why should that bother him? He was a guest at a handsome hotel by the ocean, the eighth guest at that. Others were bound to be up and about, roaming the halls. The hotelier, for all his idiosyncrasy, had, after all, said that Mark, too, was free to explore the place. Still, he didn't like it. Didn't like it one bit. He listened for a few moments longer, and, just as he expected, the heavy footsteps and a clearly perceivable dragging sound were heard out in the corridor along which his room was located. Then the sound ceased, and Mark heard a door open and close. Which room was that? Eight next door, or nine next door but one? Nobody else had arrived since Mark checked in. So who was in there? A cleaner? The hotelier? What on earth were they dragging? An item of furniture? A body? It was all conjecture. But the man in room seven was more than familiar with the concept of estimation. Mark Patterson, as implied by his time in Vegas, was a gambling man. He loved the thrill of it all. Blackjack, craps, poker, you name it. He'd play till it was all gone, every penny. Didn't know when to stop. His restraint was as rare as a solar eclipse. There's no fun in holding your horses, Mark would say. But at fifty-two, eking out a living on universal credit, not even a remnant of family in his immediate vicinity, a belly the size of a beach ball and an alcoholic's nose the colour of Rudolph the red-nosed reindeers, perhaps he should have been practising the fine art of holding one's horses. But he wasn't about to start now. He'd caught a whiff of something intriguing there at the Zetland, something, though disconcerting, certainly worthy of investigation. And it was with a gambler's confidence that Mark unlocked the door to his room, and took off again in the direction of the landing. Approaching the immense door belonging to room 13, he once again put his ear up against it, but still there were no signs of activity within. Then he heard something else, the rustling of paper on the ground floor. Tentatively, 
He started down the stairs towards the reception area. Just a couple of steps he descended, then knelt down to get a better view of the large mahogany desk below. Positioned behind it was the oddball hotelier in the brown suit, his curiously robotic hands in the act of folding sheets of paper and stuffing them into white envelopes. There were fifteen packets in all, with what appeared to be names printed on them, but Mark, from his vantage point on the stairs, was unable to make any of them out. For whom were those letters intended? And Mark just couldn't shake the notion that there was something off about that man in the brown suit. The way he moved, the way he spoke, he was hardly a man at all, Mark surmised, deeply troubled by the fact that, even now, looking right at him, he found it impossible to register the details of the hotelier's face. How was it that this mysterious individual was so unremarkable? Back in room seven, Mark stood by the window, gazing at his translucent reflection in the glass. Why did you come here? he asked himself. I don't know, his reflection answered, shaking its head. Looking beyond his poorly mirrored features, he caught sight of movement in the grounds below. A car was parked, and from it emerged a young lady in a light brown overcoat. Spotting Mark at the window, the new arrival raised a hand and waved in his direction. Welcome to the Zetland, Mark mouthed, waving back at her. But there was no geniality in it, for the man with the gambling problem was quietly pondering just what it was that the young lady was walking into, what each of the guests cooped up at the Zetland that night had stumbled into. He considered checking out. The prospect of abandoning his delightful room with its comfortable sofa and massive four-poster bed, in favour of returning to that hovel on the edge of town, that council-owned flat with the ghastly neighbours and the unreliable storage heaters, that place in which he just barely managed to escape for a couple of nights, pouring an entire week's social security payment into his stay at the Zetland Hotel. No way, he breathed. I'll take my chances here. And so he did, dozing on the sofa in his room, till precisely 12.07pm, when there came a gentle tapping at his door. Thanks for listening today. Join us again tomorrow for the next part.